And so like segmentation of your audience is really important. And like really understanding those behaviors are important and making sure that you've got the vehicles to reach them where they are, because then otherwise you're either shouting a message that doesn't resonate with somebody or you're shouting a message into the ether. (laughs) This is the CMO and Joe podcast. We interview today's most inspiring chief marketing officers and savvy marketers of lucrative direct-to-consumer e-commerce companies, bringing you insightful stories and tips on marketing, sales, branding, and much more. We bring you the best lessons from the best. Let's get started with your host, Joe Momo. Welcome to the podcast, Laurel. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, you're an awesome marketing professional, and I think uh, you'll have tons and tons of value to, to our listeners. Um, but before we do all that, uh, perhaps give a little uh, backstory yourself and kind of your origin story. Sure. Um, very kind of you to say, by the way. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here and hopefully um, can share some insights. Um, so my origin story um, with marketing and advertising starts kind of early on. And then I sort of have a circuitous route back to marketing and advertising. So, um, I'm an art historian. Um, that's how I'm academically trained. I thought I was either going to go into art conservation or, uh, going to go on the curatorial track, um, and pursued that in undergraduate and graduate school. Um, But I was raised in an advertising agency, which kind of sounds odd, but um, my parents owned a boutique advertising agency here in Fort Worth, uh, Texas, which is also where I grew up and it's where I'm now located again. Um, And I think both my sister and I thought, oh, we're going to go, we're going to do something different. Um, She was pre-med. And we both just sort of found our way back into advertising, just cutting it away from the gravitational pull. Um, And so kind of my story is that um, in graduate school, I was interning for museums and, um, you know, I was a curatorial fellow and and I loved um, art and art history and my degree was in actually uh, decorative arts, which is more the study of material culture. Um, and I was studying, my concentration was um, 20th century graphic design and 20th century American furniture. And uh, so I was interning and working at Christie's auction house. And, and that was a little bit more my pace. Um, museum life, uh, while fascinating, can sometimes be a little bit slow. Um, and So I was enjoying the pace at Christie's and then, um, a position opened up at one Kings lane, which is now owned by bed, bath and beyond. Um, but when I joined up with them, it was an e-commerce startup. And so I moved out to LA from New York city (laughs) sight unseen. Um, and, uh, started working for them in what was basically their vintage buying department, um, working on vintage furniture and, um, was an assistant category manager there and then was an associate category manager. And then I, um, had the opportunity to sort of join, um, what was the marketing arm or parts of the marketing arm of their company, which was integrated merchandising. And so I kind of oversaw 
all of the vintage categories um, for these kind of like more thematically driven and kind of more uh, strategically calendared out um, event cadence. And so um, that's kind of when I started getting back into marketing. And um, then my time with One King's Line came to an end. I was really kind of done living in New York, um, taking the subway, <laughs> being cold, um, and moved back to Fort Worth and started working at a bespoke um, furniture manufacturing, which, you know, my background in furniture, um, kind of got to live and breathe that every day, which was really fun. Um, and I think, you know, gave me an edge, um, in marketing the product, but I oversaw all their advertising, all their omni-channel marketing. Um, and I did that for three and a half years. Um, and then, uh, I, Tandy Leather approached me about some, um, about some UGC, um, wanting us to do some upholstery with some of the leather product. Um, I met the VP there and, um, ended up joining Tandy. And so became their director of marketing over, um, print, uh, in-store collateral, way finding and, um, any collateral for the commercial division. Um, and that position, um, I recently moved on from that, um, in the beginning of June. And so, um, you know, I think my passion for marketing and advertising is just all about, um, you know, telling the brand story and especially with, um, Kizabeth and Tandy, I think I was able to do that well because both of those brands are Fort Worth heritage brands. And so kind of just leveraging, um, that company's own rich history with my, you know, my knowledge and my background and, and being able to to tell that story and to set the brand standards and to kind of shepherd the brand. Um, and I just really figured out that that's, that's what I love. So it was, <laughs> I started kind of started in advertising, talking about it, um, you know, around the dinner table with my folks moved to, thought I was moving away from it for a little while and then, um, found my way home, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an awesome story. That's, uh, so, so, so often you see, um, not, career is not being a straight path and you always have, um, deviations here and there, but, um, it's interesting that you came back to marketing. Um, what's kind of one thing you wish you would have known when you first began your career? Um, one thing I wish that I would have known, um, you know, I think I maybe would have liked to known <laughs> that I was <laughs> back in marketing. And I say that because, you know, I talk a little bit about my academic background being really heavily, art history, um, and material culture. And while I think that's really great and I'm really used to looking at, at first it was objects and now it's products and understanding why they're valuable and understanding why people need them or why people think they should need them. I think that, um, if I had known really that this would be my career and this, and that I would be so passionate about it, I wish, you know, I do think that there's, um, obviously a lot of value in education. And I think that there's just some, you know, obviously didn't go to school for marketing or advertising. And, and while in a lot of ways, I feel like I have my 10,000 hours from my parents and, and my dad teaches actually at the university level. Um, I wish, you know, and I guess I still could, um, take some marketing classes. Um, but in the same vein, I will tell you that I think like experience, um, is always equally as important as education. So, um, I think a little bit of foresight would have been 
good <laughs> for me. Um, but I can't think of anything where I'm like, oh, I wish I would have known. Um, besides maybe just maybe more formally going after marketing as my career, you know? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So. But it's funny. I think uh, art history, there's definitely some tangible, um, transferable skills there. Um, what would you say maybe that's uh, a skill that you possess that's made you become so successful in uh, your career path? Um, I think that one of the things, um, art history in particular, is a really writing intensive discipline. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, I had to write a lot, which I think has makes me a good communicator and makes me um, a good copywriter and kind of like I alluded to before, um, you know, in looking at some, whether it's a painting or a sculpture or maybe even a vase or a piece of jewelry, if you're talking about decorative arts, like you're looking at it and you're trying to understand, you know, what does this mean in the context of a person's life? Right. And so you try to suss out like what's important about it or what, you know, what is significant. And so I think like looking critically at art or decorative object kind of taught me how to, um, how to look at product and, and how to tell a story, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Like you mentioned, um, marketing is all about telling a brand story and I could definitely see how that transfers from art uh, to marketing. Um, but you did mention your parents uh, having a boutique ad agency, mm-hmm. um, and that they definitely influenced you um, along the way. But has it been what's been the best resources though that's helped you along the way uh, during your career? Um, I think that, um, of course, yes. Like my parents laid that foundation, um, and I think one of the things that they did um, that. I sort of try to fall in their footsteps is that they have always um, tried to nurture the ad community here in Fort Worth and be part of, um, you know, that community and to network. Um, and so I think that that's been something that I also tried to do. I've always felt that that was, that there was a tremendous importance in networking. So I think even more so than like education or anything, any classes or courses or anything like that, I think the people that, you know, who can, um, mentor you or just point you in the right direction or, um, you know, where you can foster these sort of, um, symbiotic relationships with, I think that that's been the biggest thing for me. Um, and the second that I moved back to Fort Worth, I joined American Advertising Federation, the local chapter. I'm currently the president. Um, and I think that that's been the biggest thing. I think that people, they've been, you know, who, whether they've been my mentors or what, like that's been the biggest boon in my career is the people that I've come to know and that network that I've kind of fostered, if that makes sense. Mm, absolutely. It's uh, definitely the, the people you surround yourself with or around yourself. Um, that definitely makes a, uh, was that a sorry? Oh no, no worries. I could take that out. <laughs> Just making sure we're still together. <laughs> yes, we're good. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I just want to quickly switch gears. Uh, I wanted to jump into some uh, marketing, um, kind 
pick your brain on some marketing uh, topics. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to ask you from from your perspective. I, I know you had you have some oversight from your parents being um, advertisers and marketers all the way to your career now. Um, but how has the industry changed uh, from when you first started to to now? Um, I mean, I think technology, right? Like that seems like such a pat answer and maybe like I'm like dating myself, but I feel like just the way, you know, even going from like a startup that was like an e-commerce, like flash sales, like that was an entire (laughs) model of business, right. That like, you don't really see anymore, like guilt, um, group and that kind of thing. Um, like the way people do business, online and via online channels, I feel like it's constantly changing and there's all kinds of considerations on how to sell your product, um, in a retail space, space, whether it's online or it's, um, you know, in a brick and mortar, um, there's all kinds of different ways not to sell your product and, and technology really impacts that, you know, like you can get, um, like VR or AI, like those kinds of things, um, to help you sell your product. And so I think there's just all these, I mean, the technological advances just keep rolling in. And so I think in a way, um, there's always new things to learn. And it seems kind of like it makes the landscape a little bit more complex. Um, And, you know, marketers have the burden of really staying um, abreast of what's going on in technology and the new ways that you can market your product um, across all the channels. And so I think that that's kind of the biggest thing is that... um, you know, when I first started out, it was all, and especially you're coming from somebody who's, um, you know, very museum oriented, uh, which is a physical space you go to, to, um, thinking about even retail in that traditional sense. And then, you know, like flash sales in 2013, were like, wow, like that's so <laughs> revolutionary. <laughs> and so like, I think we've, since 2013, which I would say is really when, you know, I was out in the workforce, out of graduate school, I'm working in the field more or less of marketing and sales. Um, I mean, I think it's changed tremendously. And like I said, I think like if you're a marketer, you've got to have an ear to the ground. You've got to know what the trends are, um, in retail and in marketing and know really what tools are available to you. Because I think there's, you know, there's a lot, especially on the digital side of things. Absolutely. Um, absolutely there, Laurel. Um, speaking of the channels, what, what, what are some of your favorite, um, channels to market on? It could be social media channels or, um, uh, but which ones are kind of your favorite? Yeah, I think, um, for me, I, so I'm kind of, and probably has to do with that art historical background and just like in it old school, um, I really love a good direct mail piece. Um, some of the most fun that I've had has been, um, they're actually omni-channel events um, and um, kind of technically like out of home. Um, the event itself was promotional. And so like, I love to throw events. I would say that's some of the most success that I've had um, as a marketing vehicle would be events. But I also love all the pieces that go into that. Um, I love, we did some beautiful invitations. Like part of me just still like loves paper and like all the fun things that you can do. Like we did an insane invitation that was like embossed metallic paint, like die cut. And it, what it was is you could pop the little pieces of, this is for the furniture company I did. You pop the pieces out and you could build the chair. And so in some ways there's just like no replacing like 
that physical media. But at the same time, we carry that over into social so that when the, you know, our target audience got that direct mail piece and they said, Hmm, what's the story? I'm, I'm going to go see what's going on on social. You know, there were these super cute, like little animated gifts of all the furniture as well. And so, um, for me, I really like people to have a super comprehensive experience with the brand. Um, whether that's from, you know, this really amazing, you know, bringing the product to life, um, in that direct mail piece, or even, you know, giving it a little extra <laughs> movement. <laughs> social. Um, but that's, I think I really trend towards traditional media, um, which I just don't think, um, you know, I know a lot of people like direct mail is dead and print's dead and I just don't buy it. Um, <laughs> so I, they have a special place in my heart, but social is always so fun because there's something to be said about being able to like really feel like you can measure that engagement and feel it in real time and see like what kind of the organic, I love to prove out stuff like, and see like organic engagement to me. That's just like, I just get a high from it. So (laughs) I didn't pick, if I had to pick one, it would be direct mail. Direct mail. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or I guess events, if events are, uh, count amongst your channels. Yeah, absolutely. Events. Uh, so what, uh, speaking of trends, what, what marketing trends are you excited about at the current moment? Um, so one thing that I wished, and this was somebody that I met through, um, AAF, he came and spoke. It's a Dallas based company. Um, one of the things, and I, I don't know that it's going to become a trend per se. Um, but I think, it would be really cool if it did. And I think there are definitely applications for it, especially amongst our, um, the current climate where maybe it's a little bit more difficult to shop, um, in physical spaces. Um, and I think it would be helpful for people like me who are very visual and who want to see things and touch them and turn them over and see them in my space. I think like virtual reality is maybe hopefully going to become more of a trend. Um, with everything just being so digital, I could really, I could see somebody like me getting into that because this is like one of the biggest ironies of my career. Everybody was like, especially when I worked at one Kings lane, everybody was like, Oh my gosh, your apartment must be crazy. You must buy so much stuff from them. I bet your paycheck goes right back to them. I can tell you in all my time that I ever worked at one Kings lane, I bought one pair of bookends. because I'm so tactile. Um, and so I think any way that we can bring like additional dimensionality to that product for consumers, if it's not trending, it should be. Um, I mean, I know like, especially at Tandy, like we leaned in so, so, so heavily to, you know, while direct mail was definitely, important and the bread and butter of driving people in stores. I think any and all things digital, like paid search and paid social, I think now in so much as it's been important for the last several years, I still think it's, it's more important now than ever. And that's what everybody's doing. So I think that's, I think that's what the trend is now. Um, as far as like what I hope is coming, um, would be more like VR type stuff. 
Mm. Yeah, you always hear about VR um, being the future. Um, so I'm pretty excited as well to see how integrating VR into marketing uh, strategies are going to play out in the next uh, half decade to decade. So um, that's interesting you say that. Um, I do want to ask you, though, uh, what sort of brands or even marketers, individual marketers, have you really admired uh, their work? Yeah. Oh, the thing I was going to tell you about VR, too, the reason I started in on that was because the furniture company that I worked for, it's all completely custom. And so, Mm -hmm. and it also had like, I don't know if you know about bespoke furniture, but the way that it's made with hardwoods and the, you know, um, fill and everything like that, it would be so cool to kind of pull apart a sofa in virtual reality or like let you design yours and then plop it in your space. And so that's something that I always wanted to do. And I think would be really helpful with custom, um, furniture, but anyways, on to, um, people that I've admired. Um, I think for me, um, you know, there's all the sort of graphic design greats, um, who, you know, obviously like I look up to, like, you know, we just lost Milton Glaser, um, and, you know, somebody like Massimo Vignelli and people whose like design, um, really influences the world. Like I obviously in studying graphic design, like I always think of them, but it's, but I also think for me, um, I think in Dallas, Fort Worth, like I think of the people who, you know, are working in our local market. I really look up to, um, and the people who are, um, my peers in the industry, like we have really great people that come and speak for AF, you know, um, we've had, uh, you know, people from Frito-Lay and publicist Hawkeye. And, um, I think I love to hear from people who are working, um, in the industry and kind of have those like dream jobs that it's like, maybe I can get there one day kind of thing. Um, so as far as like, I don't know, like naming names of people that I look up to. I mean, for me, they're all like, I don't know, like local people who like, I look up to entrepreneurs who, you know, and maybe that also kind of goes back to, um, my parents, but people who are like running their business, you know, and sticking true to their principles and, and trying to make a difference, um, like in the local community. I think I love, we have that, especially in Fort Worth, um, some like really, really great ad agencies and, um, video production companies. And those are the people that I really admire, um, because I think that they are, you know, even though Fort Worth is, we're not like a small city, we're like 13th in the nation or something. Right. But like, it still feels small here. So, um, I think those people are making a difference. So for me, it's like my local community, like, especially as president of AAF, like you kind of get to see, um, like in doing the Addy awards and things like that, you get to see everybody's work. And like, I just really think that like what we have locally, like our ecosystem is really special. So that's kind of what comes to mind for me. That's totally awesome, Laurel. Um, I can definitely appreciate uh, local local talent. Uh, that's always great to hear. Um, one thing also I'd love to get your opinion on uh, on marketing is what's what are some of the biggest challenges when launching a new marketing initiative? <sighs> some of the biggest challenges. 
I think that one of the things that I came up against um, in both of my previous roles was making sure that you're reaching the right audiences, making sure you really understand your target market and your demographic. Cause I feel like sometimes they really surprise you. And I think one of the unique challenges in both of the experiences that I had was that we had an existing customer base who really needed some TLC and needed to be nurtured, but we really also needed to make an acquisition play. And so, um, you know, for new, new customers and a different, um, demographic and you need to be really careful about that. And so like segmentation of your audience is really important. Um, and like really understanding those behaviors are important because if you don't, if you're not and making sure that you've got the vehicles to reach them where they are, because then otherwise you're either shouting a message that somebody that doesn't resonate with somebody or you're shouting a message into the ether. (laughs) So I think that that's for me, I think that's the biggest thing is really just understanding your audience and knowing how to reach them. Mm, very cool. Um, what's, what's maybe something um, that you're proud of that uh, maybe I haven't touched on just yet? Um, the thing that I am proud of, um, the thing that I'm most proud of is, um, those events that I was kind of alluding to. So I have a tendency, like you asked me like what my favorite thing is, like (laughs) I did well. Um, and I won a national Addy, um, my second year on the job with Kisabeth. And I actually did that in partnership with my parents' advertising agency. Um, and so we were literally a four person team who pulled off this completely, um, integrated campaign culminating in this event, um, and, and we're nationally recognized for it. And so, um, that's the thing that I'm probably the most proud of. And I'm most proud of it because I did it, you know, with my family. Um, and you're kind of talking about who do I, who do I look up to? Of course I look up to my parents. I mean, they, they are my heroes and they, you know, they're also, they were award-winning well before, you know, partnering with me. But I think that's the thing that I'm most proud of. Mm, That's awesome. Um, One thing you did mention, you touched on how marketing is also um, about telling a brand story. Um, Here's to know what your perspective is on how do you create that um, great customer experience? Yeah. So I think I'm a huge believer in being as thorough and as comprehensive as possible, um, in your campaign creation. So I want anytime I've got a customer and I'm guiding them through a journey with a brand or a product, I want every single touch point that they have, whether it's the way that they, they come in the store, they experience the store, the brand in the store, and then the certain product to what it's going to be like on social, what it's going to be like on web, if they're going to get a direct mail piece. I'm a really, really big believer in being as comprehensive as possible. Um, and I think that that, you know, it can happen over a large swath of time or it can be very concentrated. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is I really want, when somebody has an experience um, with a brand that I'm working on, I don't 
want to leave them guessing. I want them to know what the brand is about. Um, And I also want to, and I think this phrase has become a little bit more popular, but I want to surprise and delight. Um, I want to find new ways for them to experience the brand. I'm a big believer that, you know, you can have a brand um, message, look, feel, whatever, but there can be different ways for them to experience that um, time and time again. And so I want, you know, the consumer to trust the brand, um, but to also, um, you know, I want it to be also fun for them. Yeah, absolutely. That's, a, that's some great insight. Um, what would you say is kind of that relationship between marketing and sales? Um, I mean, I think marketing is, is how you get the sales. (laughs) 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 You know, like we hired, um, both at Kissabeth and at Tandy commercial representatives. And I think, you know, just from the outset, we knew that marketing and, and those sales rep would be just completely, um, intertwined because they think you really need, um, you know, you need the marketing collateral, whether that's print or digital, whatever it is, you need it to back up and support that sales piece. Um, so I think they're very, um, I think they're intertwined completely. I don't really think I think if you're going to do a good job, you probably have both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's they don't do the job. yeah, absolutely. Um, let's say you got, um, let's say 50% more budget on some marketing initiative. How would you spend that? And why would you spend it that way? You know, it just, that's so situational for me. Um, <laughs> I think, um, for me, I talked about that piece of wanting to nurture your existing client base and wanting to also make acquisition plays. And so that's probably where I would start. If I was given X amount more money, I would sort of decide, what customer I was going after and like how to sweeten the deal for them. You know, does that mean, um, we pour that into some kind of promo to drive them in store and subsidize that cost or, you know, like at kids about, do we sweeten the deal? And we know that this is like luxury clientele and they want, you know, one more beautiful piece of like vellum or something in this like invitation. I just really think it depends on what you know is going to resonate with the customer and what's going to drive and what ultimately, because it resonates, it's going to drive that revenue. Um, like that's where I would spend the money. I think it just depends. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I guess it is quite situational. Um, only a couple more questions here for you, Laurel. Um, yeah. One thing, um, I guess what's kind of the biggest thing you do that maybe, lots of people don't know about or maybe the listeners don't know about yeah I think um the thing about me is I'm kind of I don't think people know what to do with me because 
I do have this art historical background and I'm not like a traditional, like I called myself a creative director in my role at Kisabeth um, because that's truly what I was doing, but I don't have a traditional creative director's background. I mean, many creative directors either came up through copywriting or art direction programs and they, they know how to do the art and they are trained, um, you know, and I'm not like that. But I think the most important thing to know about me is, you know, I will literally take a project from inception, ideate, manage the entire process, um, you know, project manage, manage vendors, do all the execution, oversee all the, all the work, um, and see it through to completion. Um, and I think that, you know, not many people, and it's, it's really hard to articulate. So like, for instance, I kiss the best. I, so the owners of the company said to me, okay, Laurel, we've got this amazing product. We make all this stuff custom. Um, and they didn't have any stock in the product because they're waiting for people to order it. Right. It's built to order and you can order it completely custom or you can order a standard style or whatever, but they're like, and we've also got this great factory that people need to see. And we've got this space. That's really great. Um, and we just need a reason to talk to people. So, you know, talk to people and like, let's also throw a party in this new space. <laughs> and so I knew, I'm like, we needed, a, we needed furniture to show. We needed some show pieces. Um, cause everything else that was in the showroom was kind of, you know, just very sleepy, um, like oatmeal colored transitional furniture. So we did, you know, at the time Cuba was trending and Cuba has very strong mid-century influences. And the furniture company was um, founded in 1958. And so we were like, okay, this is great. We can subtly kind of talk about the company's history and we can make some really cool furniture that's trending, you know, on a topic that's trending. But here's the catch. I had to design the furniture. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, which is really, I don't know what other situation you would find yourself in. Um, but so I had this very, very, um, I would say it's easier and it was very organic, but I was also in charge of the product design for the product that I was marketing, which I think, you know, sometimes that communication between product and marketing can be the hardest part. And so that's, having overseen all that, I feel like, especially even in like newer roles, that's kind of something that I bring is like being able to work with product design and, or product, um, you know, purchasing or anything like that. And just kind of understanding like what that rationale is and trying to translate that, um, and making sure that that's coming through and all the marketing and that we're really representing like what, you know, we're trying to do at the heart of the business. And so I think that that's something that I do well. And I think it was because of that really, unique opportunity to do, um, product design and product management, and then also do the marketing. Um, and so that's something that I don't think many people know that I do. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, only a couple more questions here. Uh, this one, this question is a little bit more, uh, trickier if you will, but, uh, what's one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked? 
I think it's the question. So I think it's the question that you just asked me. Um, and I don't mean that as a cop out, but I don't really, I don't get to talk about, um, my, like the meat and potatoes of what I really do or what I feel like I do well. And I feel like it is, it is, um, kind of the ideation and the study around the product and the brand and how to like fully express, you know, that relationship between the product and the brand and the consumer. Um, and I think, you know, I like getting to tell the story of like how I came back into marketing, um, and how that informs my ability to kind of do that work of marketing that I just described. Um, so I feel like you've asked me the question (laughs) because I don't have a traditional background. And so sometimes I feel like I need to explain myself if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it takes a long time for it to make sense to people. Um, because a lot of times they see my resume and they're just sort of like, what, <laughs> what's going on here? You know, like, um, and so I think it's more like having the opportunity to start at the beginning, um, which you gave me right out of the box. Um, so I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I guess you have a place to point people now that said, uh, look at your resume. This is what I do. <laughs> I'm like, I know you don't get it. Like, cause I have, I have a lot of experience and it's not like negative or anything like that, but a lot of interview experiences, you know, sometimes people are like, okay, can you just, just take it from the top or like, how did you, you know, make this jump or why didn't you stay in, you know, even, um, art history. Why didn't you stay in nonprofits and museums? Um, and so, um, I think it's good to be able to talk about it too, because, you know, especially, you know, just growing up with parents and advertising, like typically wouldn't be, uh, <laughs> like, an, <laughs> like an endorsement, but sometimes it's good to kind of explain like what kind of environment that really was. Like when I say no days off, of advertising, like I truly mean it. Like when your parents like own a small business where that is, and they loved it. I mean, they're just extremely passionate about, um, advertising and design. And so that was just literally everyday topic. I mean, at all times, you know, and even, and it informed everything we did, like driving around, like looking at billboards or whatever. My dad's like, Oh my God, that billboard's so stupid. What are they trying to say or whatever? And so just always like looking critically at everything having to do with advertising. And, um, and I think it was just like a really important part of my story. So like, I like getting to tell it. You know, that's awesome. I, I really appreciate you being on the podcast to tell your story. I think you have such a fascinating one. Like you're saying lots of, uh, <laughs> untraditional path to where you are today. So yeah, I think the listeners will really enjoy that. Thank you. Yeah. So where can our listeners connect with you online? If they have maybe a couple of more questions for you or just, uh, what's the best place to reach you? I think, um, definitely on LinkedIn for sure. Just look me up. Um, probably one of very few Laurel McEwen's. Um, so definitely add me there. You can find me on Instagram as well. Um, 
Laurel at Laurel McEwen. Um, and you know, you can email me directly, laurel.mcewen at gmail.com. <laughs> awesome. It's funny you say that uh, there's very few Laurel McEwens. Um, it's funny we end the podcast with, uh, if you have to describe your brand, Laurel, what's, uh, what word or phrase would you use to describe it? Um, I would describe myself as strategically wild. This episode of the CMO and Joe podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more business strategies and tactics to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.